The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. Amen. He is a good, good God. It's so good to be with you this morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to get to preach this morning. Our pastor is meeting his new grandson this week. And uh, if you'll just pray for him and Sandy, uh, pray for rest for them, pray that God would bless them and give them a time of peace. Um, ministry is not always easy, and for someone that stands usually here every week, someone needs rest. So I want you just to pray for our pastor in that. Well, I want to pray, and then we're going to hop into the word this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Lord, I'm so unworthy to stand here today and speak. But God, I pray, Lord, that it would not be my lips moving. It wouldn't be my tongue speaking. God, I pray your Holy Spirit will come upon me. God, I pray, Lord, that your lips would speak to these people, that you would give them the message, God, that you have for them this morning. God, I'm thankful in advance for what you are going to do and what you're going to say. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For those of you that don't know, I recently had a baby in August, so I guess it's about a year, so that's not as recent. Um, But it's very recent to me because I'm a new dad, and fatherhood's very new to me. But there is nothing like holding your baby. Anybody, anybody agree with that? There's nothing like holding your baby. And when you hold your baby and you hold them close and you look at them and you think, there is absolutely nothing that you could do that would make me not love you. And then a couple months go by and you think, Lord of mercy, this baby's got a sin nature. <laughs> This baby's not even 10 months old, and she is doing things that make me upset. But I still love her. I still care for her. And there's nothing like seeing your baby on the floor, and she's, my baby does this. She does this. She wants more of something. So she says this. And whatever we've got, she wants. And so, of course, we go pick her up. We hold her. And she's smiling. She's smiling the whole way. She gets to you. She's holding you. We're your loving on her. And then all of a sudden she grabs your cell phone or she grabs whatever you had. And she didn't want you. She wanted what you had. Anybody experience that with parenthood? They don't want you. They want what you have. Do we do that sometimes with our Father in heaven? Sometimes do we say, Lord... I love you. You've been so good to me. You've been so faithful to me. You've been so kind. And he picks us up and he wraps us up in his loving arms. And yet we say, thank you, Lord, for that. Back to my business. Back to my way of thinking. My my baby and my child has taught me a lot about who I am and what I mean to the Father. There's that scripture verse in Matthew 7. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And I think about that and our our father's love for us. But the title of my message today is, you don't want me, you just want what I have. You don't want me, you just want what I have. And we're going to be in Acts 19.10 today. 
If you'll follow along with me, Acts 19, verse 10. Verse 10 says, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he touched were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. I want you to remember that. Verse 12, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick. And their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Verse 13, some Jews who went around driving out spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. That they would say, in the name of the Lord Jesus who Paul preaches, I command to you, come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priests, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then a man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Verse 18, many of those who believe now come and openly confess what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned then publicly. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's ever living and ever true. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to move. We love you in Jesus' name. In Acts, in Acts, this is Luke writing. He's writing about the missionary journeys that were happening. This is the very part. We are a byproduct of Acts. This church, every church you see on the corner is a byproduct of the message and commission of Jesus Christ that was then later filled by the apostles and the apostle Paul. This was the expansion of the early church. Paul arrives in Ephesus, and this is where this chapter takes place after being in Corinth. And it's important to note the culture. How many of you know that culture is an important thing in our lives? Anybody understand culture? You ever tried going up north and asking for a sweet tea? <laughs> you, ever tried, you ever tried going to Texas and asking for some Carolina barbecue? No culture from food to the people you interact with to where people work. Culture is so very important in the inner workings of every society. And we must understand them. And that's why it's important to get a little context around Ephesus. Ephesus was a town that was filled with Greek mythology. They worshipped uh, Artemis. She was a Greek goddess. And everyone worshipped her. There was even a cult that worshipped her. And the town was filled with magic. It was a magic town. And I actually studied a little bit of this in school, and this was a quote that I found. In many ways, Ephesus was a greenhouse of the earliest urban Christianity, the city not only was the crossroads between the east and the west and its harboring connecting the islands and coasts around the eastern Mediterranean. So it was this town that lots of things were passing through. And if you know about port cities, you think about New Orleans, you think about uh, cities that maybe are even filled with sin. Usually if there's a body of water next to it, you can, you can imagine what's coming in on boats and what's being traded in these lands. So this is the setting that we find uh, Acts verse chapter 19 in. 
But the most important maybe section of this is Acts 19.7. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord was held in high honor. See, what those men did, they walked around and they were using what they thought was magic, but was really a miracle by God. And the instance that this all changed showed the fear of God. How many of you know that if we have the fear of God in our lives, that we are able to respond in a way that the Spirit is moving in us? If we had the fear of God in this nation, do you think we'd be in the trouble that we're in today? If we had the fear of God in this world, do you think we'd be we waging war against one another? Do you think that we would be in the problems politically? Do you think we'd be in the problems even in, in our own churches uh, racially? Do you think we'd be in the problems that we have today if we had the fear of God in us? This isn't a fear of, oh God, I'm, I'm afraid of you. This is a respectful fear saying, God, I believe you are who you say you are. And I honor you, God, and so I'm going to come in line with your Holy Spirit, and I'm going to follow you because your ways are higher than my ways. So I've got a holy, reverent fear, believing that God is capable and able to do whatever he deems necessary. And we fall in line with him. But this battle of fearing God is a battle between the Spirit, and it's a battle between your flesh. I'm going to say that again. It's a battle between the spirit and it's a battle between your flesh. And this fear of God that we talk about, does it come from a desire and a hunger? These men, these seven sons of Sceva, they claimed in the name of Jesus, come out, come out, demon. But they had no power or authority. They had no power or authority, and they were calling out to him, and nothing happened. In fact, the demon turned around and said to them, he said, Jesus I know, and I know of Paul, but you don't know him. See, knowing him makes all the difference. Knowing him makes all the difference. So this fear that came across because of this account does our fear come from desire and hunger? Or does our fear come from a want for the Lord? What does it look like for us to hunger God and to hunger the Holy Spirit? And I just have a couple of things this morning that I, that I thought that we hunger God from. And one of those things is your time. We give our time to things that we value the most. Amen? We give our time to the things we value the most. What if you go and you say, I, I, don't, I don't have time to get in the word today. I, I, don't, I don't have time to pray today. I don't have time to have relationship today. I don't, I don't have time, but yet I have time to watch my favorite Netflix series all the way through. And I've watched not only my favorite Netflix series, but I've watched season one, two, three, and four. And I'm looking forward to season five. Amen? How many of you say, I'm, 
I've got time to go shopping today. I've got time to do this. I've got time to do that. You know exactly what that time is, but we fill our time with the things that are valuable to us. And things that are valuable to you show where we put our effort and energy. I'll let my pastor teach me. Well, you're missing the Holy Spirit's encounter in your walk and in your life. You're missing what the Holy Spirit can do to you and for you and for your family if you don't communicate with him. How many of you have a great relationship with your spouse if you don't talk to them? Anybody? How many of you have a great relationship with your children if you don't talk to them, if you don't communicate with them, if you don't speak to them? Am I preaching good or are y'all still here? You're, you're, uh, you're not responding. I, need, I need, just need to know you're still out there. So we give our time to things. We give our time to things. And do we give our time out of a fear of God because he deserves our time? Another thing that we give is our talents. Many times for me, I stand in this very spot and say, look what, look what I can do. Look what I can do. I can't do anything. I didn't give myself a voice. I didn't give myself an ability to sing. I have nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. I have nothing apart from him. I have no speech. I have no stance. I have no place to stand on. I have no place to go because without him, I am nothing. So your time and your talents, they all belong to him. You think that you have something to offer. You have nothing to offer apart from him. But with him, you have everything to offer. With him, you have everything to offer because you bear hope and you bear life. Your time and your talents. And last, your money. Have you ever looked at your bank statement and said, my God, what have I spent my money on? Your money, where you put your money. You'll see what you value. If you go look at your Bank of America statement, you can see what money you've been spending, where you've been eating, where you've been fellowshipping, what you've been watching, your time, your talents, your money. All of these things come from what we are passionate about. Does our fear come from a desire and a hunger, then those things will follow suit. Number two is, does our lack of fear come from a lack of understanding? I'm going to say that again. Does our lack of fear come from a lack of understanding? There's been many times in my life, and even recently, that I don't understand what God is doing. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? You don't understand what God's doing in your life, in your situation. Proverbs 9, 10 said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Maybe we don't know his character. We must read and understand his scripture to understand his character. And if you're asking questions about why God, what God, how God. I'm not saying those are bad questions because I have been in a season where I've said, Lord, what are you doing? But if you don't know his character, you don't know him enough to know what he's doing. 
You don't know what he's doing because you don't know who he is. You know what he's capable of and you know that he can save you. But if you don't know his character and you don't know what his plans are for you, and you won't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you don't know him, you won't know that all your life he has been faithful. All your life he's been good. And I will sing forever of the goodness of God. Amen? If you don't, if you don't know his character, you don't know him. And you better know him. When you're going into battle, because when you go into battle, it's you and the word that you know and the sword that you carry in your hand. Because without it, because without him, what are we? Nothing. He is the source. And again, back to Acts. Why when these men when they called out to the demon and said, come out in the name of Jesus, they weren't connected to the source. He said, you did not even know him. I know Jesus and I even know Paul, but you do not know him. Are you connected to the source? Are you connected to the source of power and authority? He said, life I come to give you and life more abundantly. Are you connected to that? Amen? Are you connected to that? Does our lack of fear come from our lack of understanding? Number three, do we hunger for God enough to separate ourselves from the world? What, what do we deem as separating? What do we, what do we deem is that our conviction is, what's too worldly? What kind of question is that? <laughs> what's too worldly? What's too worldly? How close do you want to get to him is my question. How much, how close do you want to get to him? And you, he, he is not of this world and he is separated from this world. So if you want to get close to him, you start separating yourself from the world. You start separating yourself from things that are keeping you from him. That TV show, those comments, the way you speak, the way you interact, maybe the negative talk that you have coming out of your mouth, whatever that might be, the way that you're interacting with people, is that keeping you from the Holy Spirit? Is that keeping you from him? A lot of nodding. A lot of nodding. When we come to him, is the world, what are we going to say no to? What are our absolutes? When people come to us and say, I know. I know Butch Davis knows the Lord. I know Tammy knows the Lord. I know Sean knows the Lord. I know David knows the Lord. Would they say that about you? By the things that we do, the things that we say, do we hunger? Do we hunger? I know we hunger, but do we hunger for him? Number three is do we choose to hunger for God enough to separate ourselves from the world? Number four. Does our relationship purely based on the benefits? Let me say that again. Is our relationship purely based on the benefits or an intimate love relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Let me say that again. Does our relationship based purely on the benefits of salvation or an intimate love relationship with God? This relationship that we have with him is not a get-out-of-free card, get-out-of-hell-free card. It is so much more than that. It is that, but it's so much more than that. A calling to the kingdom of God is so much more. It's so much more than just a benefit that we get from God. Being close to God, knowing him intimately, being on his page, feeling the Holy Spirit. Do you want healing, peace, comfort, and unconditional love? Do you want to experience those things in your life and in your situations? Do you want to experience those things in your, in your life, church? Do you want healing and peace and comfort and unconditional love? How are you going to get any of that if you, if you don't have community with him? Community with him is not 30 minutes in this service. It's not 30 minutes on Wednesday night. Community is with him getting up in the morning. I'm speaking to myself. Community is getting up in the morning and meeting with your maker. Amen? Amen. To know him. You don't love who you don't know. And he says he knows you. He even knows the number of heads on your head. He knows you. Don't worry about him knowing you. He knows you. What then should we do? Number one was, does our fear come from a desire and hunger? Number two is, does our lack of fear come from a lack of understanding? Number three, do we choose our pleasure over our relationship? Four, does our relationship purely based on the benefits or is it an intimate love relationship? These men, the sons of Sceva, and there's a lot of questions about who they were. And there's a lot of practices that were happening during that time in Acts. But could you imagine walking up to a demon-possessed man and not having any authority? Could you imagine thinking that you knew the Lord but you didn't know him? And these men knew they didn't know the Lord. But could you imagine walking up to a demon-possessed man and not having the authority and power of the Holy Spirit. Hopeless. It's hopeless. But can you imagine standing on the power and authority of Christ, walking with all foundation, secure in Him? Can you imagine... Can you imagine having the fullness of God on your side? Can you imagine standing on his footsteps? Can you imagine standing blameless and clean in front of the almighty God who saved you, washed you white as snow and cleansed you? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that authority and that power that he says that he gives to all who has his Holy Spirit? That when you come to something and you come to a situation in your life and you say, in the name of Jesus... Do you believe there's still power in that name? Don't say that you believe there's power in that name and walk your life with no authority, no power, no conviction, and you don't act like you're saved. Don't do it because you're confusing people. You're confusing people. Baptists like to be comfortable. We like to be comfortable. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We like to be comfortable. Okay? We like to be comfortable. 
But if you know him, and if you know him intimately, if you know him intimately, more intimate than you know your spouse, more intimate than you know any person on this earth, if you know him like that, and the authority and the power of Jesus Christ is upon you, can you imagine what he can do through you? Can you? What I, my whole goal this morning is not, not to step on any toes, it's to stomp on them. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my, not, that's not my, my message. My, what my message this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you as the church that we have the Holy Spirit on our side. I want to encourage you this morning that we are not walking this life alone. That if you feel alone, when your wife gets kidney failure, you have someone to lean on. Amen? When, when, you, when you're wondering if you're going to be able to have a baby, if you're wondering if God's going to be able to do that in your life, and then you see God's faithfulness in your life, then you say, God, I've seen you move. I've seen you move a mountain. I've seen your faithfulness over and over and over again. And you have something to go back to and remember and point and say, I remember when God did this. I remember when God did this. I remember when he set me free. I remember when he took a wretch like me. I remember when he came. I remember what he did. And if you live your life like that, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. If we live our lives with the authority of Jesus Christ, there is power and love and hope all because of Jesus all because of Jesus and he's the answer he's the answer and so this morning wherever life finds you every head every bow every head closed every every head bowed every eye closed if you don't know the lord this morning i i, I just want to give you an opportunity those men, those sons of Sceva, they did not know the Lord. And maybe you don't this morning. And maybe the Lord is moving on your heart and maybe he's moving on you. And we're not going to do any, any crazy invitation, but, but I just want to see your hand. If you know that the Lord is moving on your heart, can you just raise your hand right now? Is there anybody here today? I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Well, if you'll pray this prayer with me. This prayer doesn't, this, this prayer is just a confession of faith, believing that God is able and who he says he is. And if you'll pray this prayer with me, God, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that you came. I believe that you died. I believe that you lived a sinless life. God, I believe that you paid the penalty of death for me. And God, because you have done these things for me, you have given me the opportunity and an invitation into your kingdom. And so, Lord, I want to say thank you, God. I want to say thank you, Lord, for an invitation into your kingdom. God, I want to say thank you for salvation. God, I want to live my life for you from now on. God, I want to commit my life to you. And God, thank you for your goodness and grace to me. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, he met you. Amen. 
He met you. And for those of you that already know him, I just want to encourage you. Don't let the enemy defeat your life. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. But he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. I'm going to pray for us. I hope you have a wonderful July 4th weekend. I hope you enjoy time with family. Let me pray for us and we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for life's being changed and coming to know you. God, thank you that you are holy and worthy. God, may you get all the glory from today. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You're dismissed. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.